Welcome back to another episode of In the Works from Career Services at the University of Calgary. My name is Lawrence, and for the next half hour or so, we're going to be picking up where we left off in our previous episode. And that's finishing up our Q&A portion. Over the last few weeks, we collected some questions from students over social media, and so we'll finish answering those today. I am joined by our three career development specialists, David, who works with the undergrad students, Matthew, who works with master students, and Charlotte, who works with PhD students. So let's get right back into it with our first question. Right, so during this pandemic, connecting with employers has been made more convenient, you know, because you just log on and, you know, sign up for different events. But how do you still have a meaningful conversation with them, even though it's taking place online and, you know, there could be lots of people on the call? I, I, I think I think it's hard to have a meaningful conversation when there's a lot of people there. I, I think the most meaningful conversations occur one to one. So if you meet some at a networking event, ideally, you can leverage that into a one-to-one conversation. Uh, you can follow up, for example, the event with an email, uh, thanking them, and then maybe a little later asking them if it would be possible just to connect with them for a one-to-one conversation. Because really, that it's, it's in that one-to-one conversation that you can uh, build a connection with the person. You can ask interesting questions, and it, you know, the, the conversation can evolve more organically. And I think it's those kinds of conversations that are, I would say, that are the most beneficial. Mm -hmm. And I would also like to add that in networking, come in with a a willingness to give more than you want to receive. If you come in to receive, 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 sometimes it doesn't work really well. So Mm -hmm. think about a way that you can help when you meet a connection who can be a potential employer. How can you help this person? How can you offer help, you know? So, so it, it might not be job related. Maybe you're not able to do give them a job, obviously, because you don't have that job. What, but what else can you do? You can even write a recommendation, you know, about somebody. If you attended some event, they did an amazing job, write something about it. it, it it's a way of giving or, or even endorsing or, or other skills. If you are talented in something, I, I like that. I really like the idea of giving. Um, I just want to add on to that because I think when you're just asking, it makes you feel, I'm not sure what the word is, um, disempowered. When you, when you always have to get from people, it makes you feel weaker. Uh, so it works against you. But if you uh, take that sh- uh, make that shift, like Charlotte suggested, and consciously think of how can I give to this person? Like, it could be something very simple, like just even thanking them or listening to them when they uh, get off another uh, on a tangent. Um, but when you look at ways to give, it makes you feel stronger, more confident, and it's going to benefit your networking, just even apart from everything else. So I think that is a uh, really good suggestion. I would also say, you know, if you have a conversation with somebody, um, and even if this person would be, uh, can help you, to, to, if you don't, if it's not a good conversation or you don't feel like you're really connected, I personally think you should just leave it. I think, you know, I think sometimes people will um, try and uh, leverage connections that just really aren't there. And in the long run, I think that's, it's going to be frustrating for both you and the other person. I think it's, it's better to build uh, connections with people that you like um, and hopefully they like you. And I think if you, if you do that, you'll enjoy networking more. 
And then, uh, yeah, I'm a big believer in persistence, right? So if you meet somebody at an event, a virtual event, make sure that you follow up and follow through. Now, sometimes it's hard in a virtual event, but you can write down the person's name and then maybe send them a LinkedIn message later saying, hey, I attended this virtual networking workshop and, and you were fantastic and I'd like to connect with you on LinkedIn and do it follow up and follow through. Cause I know a lot of students and people meet, make connections at career fairs, but then the connections fizzle away into nothing. So you gotta take it to the next step and follow up, follow through, be persistent. And they'll really appreciate that. I think as well. I think that's good advice. And another thing that students do is they make a connection and they'll wait three weeks before following up. Maybe yeah, the person said, send in a resume. And so they'll wait until they got that perfect resume. By that time, the person has forgotten you. So, um, you know, you, you've got to respond quickly with people. You can't, you, people aren't going to remember if you wait two weeks or a month. Absolutely. You got to do it almost the same day or the very next day. Absolutely. That's a great point. No, that's a great point. I know I sometimes tend to procrastinate on these as well. Uh, okay, let's see here. Next question. Oh, I like this one quite a bit. How do you ask for job promotions confidently? I mean, I don't know if I necessarily have a good answer for this, but I, I would say um, the one way to ask indirectly is to do your best at whatever you do and to go above and beyond what you do, to do extra things so that you stand out and so that people notice. I think that makes a big difference. So if you do that, you may not even have to ask, or if you do that, when you ask, you'll be a lot more confident. Mm -hmm. I would also like to add that um, another way is by volunteering within the organization or outside of the organization. Now, when, we, when you volunteer within, you are uh, giving yourself an opportunity to be seen, especially the right way, that is, uh, because you, tend, you, you end up showcasing the skills that you have. And, you know, that willingness of, of doing things that are not paid for really helps because it really sets you apart. And even if you volunteered out there, you never know whom you'll be mingling with out there as you volunteer. And you'd obviously be showcasing your skills still and learning new things as well that you can actually, that can set you apart. So volunteering, whether you're doing it within the organization or outside of it can really help you. And then cross-training. I look at cross-training as giving yourself the permission to learn the things that you don't do. So if you are hired in a specific role, but you give yourself the permission to learn what other people are doing and being able to step in if, if need be, really gives you that visibility that you need for a promotion. So uh, position yourself by volunteering in, in you know, in the, in, in the organization or outside or going for cross training, which also shows that you have the humility to learn new things and, you know, uh, networking with the right people who will take you to where you need to get to. And I totally agree with Matthew going above and beyond. Charlotte's never really agreed with me before, so this is quite a, um, a <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. Um, and I, I would also say there is a degree of self-promotion. 
um, which I, I think can be, and by that, I mean, you have to let people know what you're doing. Um, and, and that, you know, can be awkward for people whose um, strength might be they're humble. But I do think there are ways that you can uh, talk about what you've done or talk about what you're doing in a humble way. So I think that's important. And for some people, they may have to push themselves because they may feel very awkward about it. I don't know, does anybody else have thoughts about that? Well, I was also going to suggest too, like for in regards with promotions is have a really good relationship with your boss and, and the higher ups and the, and the team. And like Matthew said, do your job and do it well, but have a conversation with your boss. If you want, if you may be getting a little bored with your job or there's another job within the organization that interests you, I think having an honest conversation with a man, it, it depends on the situation, right? But I, I always think that be honest with your employer and let them know what you, what you're looking for. And I, I, I don't know, hopefully they'll be open to that and, and appreciate your honesty. Mm -hmm. I would also just like to say this, you know, some people are very proactive when they're looking for promotions. So they really, really work on it. And then there are those who are waiting to be discovered and hoping that somebody will see them and promote them. So we have those proactive personalities. I feel like they tend to get it quicker because they're giving themselves the permission to do it. They have the confidence to do it. And then we have those who are not that proactive, those who wait for it to happen. Sometimes it does happen, but sometimes it doesn't. I feel like if you have to wait for somebody to decide when you are ripe and ready for promotion, sometimes you, you miss out. So it depends on your personality, really. But if you can go the proactive way, why not? Absolutely. Well, and we always say to everybody too, like jobs, step out of your comfort zone a little bit, right? And maybe for somebody that is a little more humble, like maybe knock on the door of, of your supervisor and say, hey, can, can we talk, right? And step out of your comfort zone a little bit. We always advise students to do that. Yeah, I can really relate with the you know self-promotion piece and having a bit of a hard time with that. Because, yeah, I'm usually just a little bit more uh, softer spoken and don't want to kind of place too much of the spotlight on myself. Um, but I know sometimes, you know, like especially for during interviews, you know, that's another situation where you have to, you know, really talk about yourself. Um, you know, with those situations, I always just say, like, if you feel you did a good job and and, you know, your the people around you thought you did a good job, right? You could just kind of say it as it is, even though it might kind of feel like you're bragging a bit. But at the same time, if that's just kind of how how things unfolded and, you know, there was a good uh, turnout or good outcome, then, yeah, just say it as it is. And you don't really have to feel like you're, you're kind of bragging too much. Uh, but yes, thanks to the student that submitted that question. That was a really good one. But now we're going to take a quick break from the Q&A portion and jump into our next segment, Real People, Real Careers. This is where you can hear from a professional about their work, their career path, as well as any tips that they have for you. And today our guest is Najwan Al-Janaid. She actually started working at Career Services and was managing the career fairs for a couple of years, so we were colleagues. But then she transitioned to a different company working abroad for a few years. Najwan then came back to Canada 
and started working in the energy sector. Most recently, she is with Energy Futures Lab, focusing on working with leaders and innovators to advance energy transition and low emission economy for Alberta. I will be interviewing her along with my student co-host, Shubham. I love what I'm doing. Uh, it's, it's exciting because there's so much action. Uh, we are working towards advancing as you know, the, the, the low emission economy and working on exciting initiatives. We have a central program for that, that's called the fellowship. And our fellows uh, work on exciting opportunities. For example, we have someone working on extracting lithium from oil wastewater, and that lithium is being used in the batteries of electric vehicles. Uh, another fellow is working on uh, converting CO2 to soap. So it's reinvent, reinventing, rethinking waste uh, and positioning Alberta to become an energy leader. Um, so it's exciting to be in this environment, uh, to see the change, uh, to reposition and rethink uh, the way we do business and the energy industry. Okay. So, yeah, I think uh, with you talking about the social enterprises and I mean, uh, coincidentally, I'm also working with Innovate Calgary at this moment as an intern. Yes. So uh, I'm pretty new to social enterprises. So in, uh, what could be some areas that you would say are challenging in your current uh, space that you are in? I, I think what's challenging right now is uh, the increased and very polarized environment that we work in, uh, and, and especially within the energy industry. Uh, it's either jobs or the environment. It's either um, community health or resource development. It shouldn't be that way. Uh, it can be both. And so it sometimes feel like stalemate and we're not making progress as a nation. So that's problematic. Uh, that's very challenging for us. Um, I also think another area that's it's a minor challenge here uh, is that energy transition and energy transformation is happening fast around the globe. And what I find challenging here is just keeping up basically with the changes that are happening. You need to be updated. And when you read and learn and, and stay updated, you start spotting the trends. Uh, and especially now with this pandemic and also the social changes, uh, which are huge, uh, Black Lives Matters uh, movement, uh, the Truth and Reconciliation uh, here in Canada. Uh, so these are national and global changes. And how do they impact our work? We need to understand that. We need that time to read, digest, to learn and reflect. And with the pace of work and the way we're working and the polarization, sometimes it's just hard to keep up. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, now let's go back, Let, let's go back to your past, right? And, and, and kind of like, what was your, what was your plan kind of when you were younger? What was your career plan? Uh, this is a hard, I had to reflect a lot on this question, David, uh, because I honestly, my career today has nothing to do with my initial plan. Certainly, it hasn't been a linear path. Uh, so some background here, I was born and raised in Yemen. Uh, so when I finished high school, I actually did entrance exams and got into med school. So I spent two semesters in med school. But then I won the scholarship uh, here in Canada to do an engineering degree. So I actually left med school in Yemen, came to do an engineering degree. 
Now, wait for this. I did not end up doing an engineering degree, and I did business and communications, and I graduated with a communications degree. Uh, so reflecting back, really, I, I was too young to know what I wanted. I was only 17 years old uh, when I moved to Canada. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's hard to make these big detrimental uh, decisions at that age. Uh, I also love learning, so I was trying different things, uh, and I enjoyed it all. Uh, my science, my biology, and my literature, and my poetry, I loved it all. Uh, so the short answer to this is I zigzagged a lot uh, in my education and in my career plan, and that's okay. Uh, and I, I, you know, I adjusted and I learned along the way. Um, and you mentioned to me, because, I mean, yeah, can I, it's interesting how our career paths have kind of shifted, and I came into career services, and you said that was kind of like your first kind of real career job. Um, like, when did you realize after maybe that, that career services job, and then you left, but what was sort of like your aha moment? that you had in your career that we really realized, Najwan, that, hey, I'm, I, I think I'm in the right place. Did you have a moment like that? Or was it several moments? Yeah, these are good questions. I have to say, I, I, think, I think my current career is a culmination of a number of aha moments uh, through the diverse experience and through the diverse interactions with people, leaders and innovators. Uh, I think your experiences shape you and change you. Uh, they help you grow and mature. And you start just making better and smarter decisions along the way. Maybe there are some mistakes along the way, but you, you start making better decisions. Uh, you also get better at uh, eliminating noise and you become more focused and more efficient or effective, I would say, at making decisions. Uh, so I really cannot think of one aha moment. I would say it's a number of moments that change the course for me over time. Um, it's important to think of ourselves as a product of many experiences that help us make better decisions uh, over time, uh, that help us meet the right people and then land the right opportunities for us. I mean, everyone has their uh, inspirations or influences in their career. So who are those? I mean, is it family, friends, James Bond? Who was it? Who is it? Uh, I say this half jokingly, but I'm a little serious about it. I, I think environmental disasters and the way we're treating our planet have influenced my career path. Um, climate change is the challenge of our generation. I, I think this, I was just... I'm haunted by the way we're treating our planet. It keeps me up. I'm not going to lie about this. Uh, and <clears throat> I always felt there's that wave of change in uh, the way we do business and in the way we run our economy. Um, uh, so for years, I just wanted to really be part of that change and part of that wave. Um, I, um, I didn't want to just watch this wave from the sidelines. Uh, so this is why I invested the time, the energy, the money to gain this education and to be in this career path. So half jokingly, half seriously here. <laughs> okay, and what, what's interesting about you, this is the fun part now of the podcast or, or the kind of tips and, and helping. So like what, what's interesting about you, Najwan, is, is I guess you're kind of like what, you're kind of in social media communications, right? Like kind of area, right? It's a mix, yes, I am and I'm not, so yes. 
Okay, but it's just like, I, I would say don't go into the social media communications career path if you are blank. Uh, can I reword that one a little? Absolutely, absolutely. I would say don't go to any career path if you don't spend many hours obsessing about it. Okay. That's that's interesting. And so uh, in the industry that you are in, so what would be the perks or the bonuses that uh, you get that make you stick there, apart from the fact that you're obsessed with environment? Um, I think the bonuses uh, are the possibilities. the possibilities of energy transition to transform this industry. We, we live in very exciting times and hard times, but there are possibilities and there are opportunities and the world is headed into this transition. Uh, so we can, as a country and as a province, lead that change if we want. Uh, and we need to act fast. Uh, so um, we need to be aware of the disruptions happening around us. And to give you examples from the EFL, uh, you know, we, we talk about, of course, the role of the renewable energy, uh, but other pieces is the re-engineering and the repurposing of the legacy of our uh, industry. Uh, there's also, um, you know, the, the examples I mentioned, ex- rethinking and reimagining waste, uh, you know, CO2 into soap, how exciting is that? Uh, so uh, it's important to just to see the opportunities and seize them if we want to, if we want to become a leader in energy and not just oil and gas. Okay. And, and with, like, what are your advice or what tips would you give a student or somebody entering the job market now? I don't envy them right now. It's, it's a very tough environment, I would say. And I would say the rule book is changing a lot. Yeah. Uh, I would say three things. Uh, first, Pay attention to the transformation happening to our economy due to this pandemic. Uh, we are living or have, we have this one in a million chance to change our systems and to really think of a green recovery. Uh, so learn about what's happening, read reports and the analysis around what's going to come post pandemic. Um, I don't think anyone has an answer, a clear answer. Uh, so it's important to keep reading and informing yourself. So paying attention to that. Uh, the second thing I would say is uh, be informed. Uh, our systems have been plagued with inequalities and this pandemic only showed how marginalized populations uh, have been impacted uh, more than others. Uh, So we really need to be more attentive how discrimination and systemic racism have impacted uh, the black and indigenous and people uh, of color and also women. Uh, There are many populations have been impacted right now by this pandemic. So uh, how do we rethink our systems to uh, become a more just system and also within the context of energy transition, a more just energy transition. So that's and interesting that's happening as well. Uh, the third area is technology. Uh, so 
it, it, the technology will continue to play an important role at work uh, and we need to coexist with the machine. Uh, robots will not take over, I just wanna highlight that, uh, but we need to prepare ourselves to live in a machine augmented world. Uh, our workplace will change, uh, the way we work will change. It is changing as we speak. Uh, and so we need to understand how technology uh, works and how it will how we will coexist and thrive with the machine even down the road so awesome well thank you so much for for being a, a guest with us thank you for having me i really it's, it's been such a pleasure to talk to all of you to listen to this interview again or other ones that we have completed you can go to ucalgary.ca careers Okay, so we are back on In the Works from Career Services. Hopefully you enjoyed the previous interview. And now with the last couple of minutes here, let's go to our final question and finish off the Q&A. So these questions here are a bit more specific, um, but yes, we had two separate questions. One is about what are some career options for a computer science major? And also another question is what are some career options for a master of engineering? I guess in particular chemical engineering degree. I'll start off. Um, I mean, I, you know, I, I could sort of think of specific opportunities, but I, I think the biggest thing for me uh, in terms of opportunities is, is, is to start looking, is to research your field, like computer science, um, to research what kinds of jobs and what sorts of job titles are available. One place to start with is our degree profiles, where we list possible job titles uh, for a degree program, such as computer science or chemical engineering. I think another good place to generate options is to, uh, is to use Indeed. In fact, I was just on Indeed uh, not uh, 10 minutes ago, and I put in chemical engineering into it and up popped different kinds of positions, uh, such as a process engineer, um, a position at a plant or a position at a sawmill or a position at a plant that processes cannabis, as an example. Um, it could be a project manager. So I think use the tools that are out there to learn about what kinds of positions, positions are available. I also would use the alumni tool of LinkedIn. I would look for, I would look at alumni who graduated from your program and look at their career path. You can learn a lot from looking at people who've graduated from your program. You can look at what was their first job after they graduated? What companies did they work at? How did their career progress? So you can learn a lot of information from that. And then last but not least, I would, uh, I would network. I'd start talking to people who've, uh, who've graduated from your program and find out what, uh, what kinds of positions they've held. What do they like about them? What are related positions? So you can learn a lot by researching both online and by researching in person. Mm-hmm. Matthew, you, sorry, I was just gonna. Matthew just took all my juice. I was gonna say, like, <laughs> like check out the you know, Matthew. Matthew must be doing something right. I, I think yeah. it's it's I the coffee. Nothing. It's the I got, coffee. I got nothing to add to that. Matthew's doing a good job. Yeah, yeah and I totally agree with everything. Everything that Matthew said. I would just add that with computer science, you could also just check on the industry where you want to work. Is it tech? Is it health? Is it education? Think about an industry, or maybe not for profit, just think about an industry that aligns to your values and, and you know, an industry that is booming right now. <laughs> you might have to be a little selfish and think of an, in- an industry that is booming so that 
uh, you can focus your com computer science skills on a specific industry. So, so it's a good thing to kind of just cruise and find what other people are doing with the same education as you and think about industries as well. I like that. Yeah. That's great advice. Like many times with, with students, uh, like a student, oh, I want to be an accountant. And I'm like, okay, an accountant. Great. We need accountants. But every single company in the world has got an accounting department. So it's like, where do you want to be yeah. an accountant? And, and picking the industries, because it'll be different if you're an accountant for an oil and gas company, if you're an accountant with a post-secondary, or if you're an accountant with like a, a, a mom and pop pizza place, right? So it's really picking the industry, I think really helps out lots too. Yeah, and definitely like, I guess computer science, you know, again, that's quite, quite wide open, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas the engineering might be a little bit more niche, but yeah, I think just working backwards, like Matthew said, right. And honestly, like a lot of the stuff that we've, we've kind of talked about for the last, uh, uh, last bit here, you know, the, the, the postings, the LinkedIn um, networking, right there. So, applicable to to all these questions that we've had answered here today so um, lots of different purposes but yeah really just making sure to to take advantage of those and you know not just simply oh a posting is only to apply to jobs but posting can be useful for these different purposes right so um yeah and that's really i think kind of career development in, in a bit of a nutshell there and yeah no very appreciate your answers very much today okay well that brings us to the end then uh, we're definitely going to have uh, future Q&A portions as well. So stay tuned and you can definitely submit your question in and we will try to get to that on the air. And uh, otherwise, we're going to talk to you next month then on In the Works. 